I want to talk about a faith offering in the scripture today. And this particular faith offering is found in your Bible in Matthew chapter or Mark chapter 12 verses 41 through 44. And I want to I want to set this offering up by kind of giving you a little bit of the background of what is going on in the passage. This is the last week of Jesus's earthly life. He has just came, he just came into Jerusalem and it is Wednesday where he is kind of walking around the temple courts and he is teaching people about who he is. Now, as he's doing that, we tend to think sometimes in our culture that the temple was a place like you're in today. And, and the temple was actually large courtyards where different people could go uh, into different areas. And so Jesus is milling around the yard, around the campus, and he's basically teaching a lot of people uh, in, in different little crowds, so to say. It would be like me kind of walking around in the lobby, walking up to five or ten of you and, and kind of uh, sharing a message with you and then moving over to a different area and sharing another message with someone else. And so as Jesus is milling around the temple the week before he uh, dies on a, a cross, he, is, he has several encounters and he has... Uh, five different encounters that the Bible records here in Mark chapter 11 and Mark chapter 12 where he faced some resistance. He faced some resistance from the scribes, from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And the Bible records five different stories of conflict that Jesus faced in, in that particular week. Now, these are amazing stories because Jesus is revealing who he is to the people, but he's getting a little pushback from the spiritual leaders of that particular day. And as he's getting that pushback, they, they started plotting to take Jesus's life. And this is where Jesus basically begins to teach his followers and his disciples some very, very significant things. Now, how many of you know if you knew you were going to lose your life in a couple of days, how many of you would, would strive to kind of put something deep in the DNA of your followers or your disciples if you wanted that to be carried on? How many of you know that you would want to deposit something in the hearts of your kids if you wanted that to be carried on. And literally that's what Jesus is concentrated on during this last week. He's not focused on himself and, and the horrific things that he is getting ready to go through. He's focused on depositing something in his followers so that the message of who he is can be carried on. And I need you to know today, because of, of Jesus' courageous act of leadership and depositing that into those disciples, it is why many of us are sitting here today connected to our Creator. Because Jesus chose to deposit that into the disciples. They lived it out each and every day. They sacrificed their life. 
they, they began to teach the things of who God is and how God wanted a connection to people and why Jesus came and why he resurrected. And it's why we get to go to church today. It's why we get to be a part of God's family today. It's because someone chose to pass it on. It all started with Jesus. And now it gets to continue on through you and me. Here's the story at the end of, of, of those five different conflicts that Jesus encounters. And it's the story of a faith offering. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. The Bible says this. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched the crowds drop in their money. I find that fascinating. Because Jesus chose to sit down and pay attention to people's financial giving. And again, I want you to grab hold of it because some people say that their giving isn't significant, their giving isn't important. And I need you to know here today that Jesus is the son of the living God. He is God in the flesh. He is God in that temple. He is God in that moment. And he chooses to sit down and see what people were choosing to give in the offering. The Bible says he sat down near the collection box in the temple. He watched as the crowds dropped in their money. And many rich people put in large amounts And then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. I want you to notice that the Bible doesn't say because the rich people chose to come and drop in large amounts that God was against that. Many people read this particular passage of scripture and and they think that because some people came and dropped in large amounts... That God only wants small amounts. And I need you to know today that this this particular story, this recording in the Bible, isn't about amounts at all. God likes large amounts. God likes small amounts. But what God likes more than anything else is the heart of the giver. And so this isn't a teaching against giving large this is basically a teaching to share why we give in the first place the bible goes on to say this in verse 43 jesus called his disciples to him notice again he is paying attention to the offering he sees some people drop in large amounts he sees the lady drop in two small coins a couple of pennies and the bible says he teaches Calls his disciples over to him. And he says, hey, I want y'all to check this out. He says, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. I want to make some observations here today 
in this particular recording in, in our Bible. And, and the first one is this, is the setting was thousands and thousands of people were in the temple courts. There were multitudes of people, rich and poor. There were widows. There were homeless people. They were rich people. They were well-to-do people. And, and here they all are coming into to the court of women where women were allowed to only go so far. And they're dropping in, they're dropping in their offerings in these offering buckets. Now grab hold of this because it, they didn't just have one or two buckets in this particular day. If you read Jewish history in this particular area, they would have 13 different offering buckets. And only one of these offering buckets was commanded by God for the people to give in. They would have been paying a temple tax in one of the buckets. All the other buckets were what they called a voluntary offering. And so it, it, was, it was basically they were voluntarily offering up what they had in their hands for the temple and God's, God's mission to continue to go forward. And so the contribution that this, this lady made was a voluntarily offering. She didn't have to do it. She, she chose to do it. She chose to give her heart. And I need you to know today, we're, we're taking up what we call a faith offering, a voluntarily offering. And God doesn't command that you give this offering. However, you can choose to, to give this free will offering today, this faith offering, if, if you believe in the mission of this church and what God is doing through this church and what we are wanting to continue to do. But I need us to understand today, you know what, large gifts and small gifts, it's not about, it's not as so much about the gift as it is the heart of the giver. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask a question today because I feel like it's an important question to ask because I think most of us would, would put ourselves in the position of the poor widow. And if we had to ask the question today, are you one of the people in the story that has, has a surplus amount that you can put in that offering? Or are you just kind of the poor widow and you know what, you just got a little bit that you can put in the offering? And I think in our culture, most of us would say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm a lot like the poor widow. I only, I only have a little bit to put in the offering. But I need you to know in reality... That if your household makes more than $20,000 a year, you're in the top 5% of the richest people in the world. Wow. And so, again, I know that most of us would raise our hand and say, I don't really have much, but I'll put what I can in the offering." But, but let's do a real reality check. We all do live in a, a culture that we are greatly blessed. I was thinking about this when I was riding down the road yesterday. I'm like, God, thank you for letting me be born in a highly prosperous time in history. 
And no, you know, I've got financial pressures. You've got financial pressures. Our church has financial pressures. If we really buckle it down and begin to look at, at history on a timeline, we live in the most prosperous uh, time in, in all of humanity. It's amazing. We're able to do so much with what God has given us. But, but this lady is, is probably a homeless lady. She has two coins. She could have chose to give one of the coins and keep one of the coins. She could have chose not to give both of the coins. She didn't have to give the coins. Jesus wasn't mad at her if she didn't give the coins. But, but what, what she did was her heart connected to her offering. And what I'm trying to drive home today is this. I need your, our heart to connect to the offering. And yes, we're striving to, to raise the resources, to get ourselves in position, to move a campus forward. But, but today, I want us to look at this, this lady's life and her heart. And, and really, she made a sound with her offering that was heard in heaven, not just heard by people. And honestly, that's my prayer for my offering. Is, is I'm probably going to drop in these offering buckets today more than most people in this room. However, that isn't my goal. My goal is whatever I drop in that offering, that it be a sound that God says, you know what, that person gave with their heart today. And my friend, I need you to grab hold of this today. Because it is a heart offering. It is a, a gift from our heart that we're bringing and putting in these buckets in a little while. We're praying that God would take these, press them down, do more in them than we could ever do in ourselves. And, 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 and so, you know, if you're going to make a sound to heaven, the first thing you got to do is surrender. Everybody say surrender. I think our nature sometimes is to want to control everything. Human nature. But God asked us to surrender our life to him. And I really think this lady had a surrendered heart. It wasn't about what she had or didn't have. She just had a surrendered heart to the things of God. And so she brought her offering in the midst of a bunch of people throwing in her, 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 their surplus. And, and I'm inviting us today just to surrender our heart up to God. The Bible says... Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Where your heart is, your treasure will be. And, and, and so, you know, our treasure, our, our finances really tell us the temperature of our heart. Of what do we really believe about God when it comes to our resources? And my friend, you know what? No one can evaluate that but you and God. It's not for me to evaluate you. It's not for you to evaluate me. It's, it's for me to evaluate my heart. What do I believe about the work of God, the purpose of God, the church of God, and what God is doing in this world? And so, again, man, we're, we're really praying for a heart of surrender today. Having a heart of surrender. In other words, when we come and we give together in these buckets... During our faith offering time today, 
Our prayer is that you would surrender what is in your hand and give it to God and let God take it and do something amazing with it. The next observation is this lady, she, she worshiped. You know, the Bible says that that worship is what God is looking for from our heart. So what is worship? Worship is simply allegiance and honor in spite of who's in the room. And what's amazing to me is during this offering time, it was a time of worship. It was where they typically worshiped God. And, and this lady could have said, you know what, my two small coins, me being, being poor and, and kind of an outcast, I don't know if I want to go up in this particular place and worship with these thousands of people with my little small gift. Because maybe all they're going to do is look at me and look at my smallness and my, 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 my poorness as I, I drop it in the, in the can. And you know what? And maybe everybody's going to be observing me. No, no, no. That wasn't her heart at all. Amen. I wrote this down in my journal. That lady didn't let somebody else do her worship for her. Hear what I just said. It was, it, was, it was personal to her. She could have let somebody else participate in the offering. Oh, you know, let the executives, let the rich, let the ones with the big bags of money put their money. No, no, no. She's like, I got to come and I've got to worship. There's something about participating with God's family. And this is one of the things in our, in our culture that concerns my heart. And, and we do it because it's where we are in culture. But, but a lot of times what people do with their giving, and they just kind of sign up for reoccurring giving. And we offer that here at Barefoot Church. But my friends, I don't want it just to get it, get it in the automatic mode with my giving. Every time I pull my pen out and I write that check and I put it in the envelope and I put it in the basket or I put it in the, in the bucket, you know what? It's an opportunity for me to participate in yeah. worship. Yeah. 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 And so don't just get caught up in the automatic draft thing. Because, because see, that's a real... Real fine line because it gets to where, oh, well, I'm paying my, my offering. I'm paying my tithe. I'm paying. I'm paying. No, no, no. No, no. Don't lose the authenticity of worship. Man, when we give, it's worship. When we sing, it's worship. And I need us to know that, that giving isn't something we just tack on to the end of our services Typically, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for, for the people of God to worship. Amen. And my friend, I, I, I need us to grab hold that, that this lady had a heart of surrender. She had a heart of worship. But, but she didn't just let somebody else do her worship for her. She did it. She did it herself. I was thinking through this particular lady making her way through the crowd as those with a surplus, was dropping in their money. And I, I just tried to get a vision of this little feeble lady trying to make her way to, to one of the offering boxes to, to put hers in. 
And I wonder if she just took her little, little walking stick and her cane and says, Hey, sir, I need you to move out of the way. Because I need to get to that box. Because I came to worship. I came to give from my heart today. And again, I, I know that people are going to bring envelopes forward. But, but when we do that, we're doing it together because we're worshiping together. We're worshiping as a family. We're doing this today because we're believing God for greater things in and through our church. The heart of a worshiper too always believes in God doing more. See, that, that's another observation that I wrote down in, uh, about the passage. She didn't give because she was commanded to. This was a voluntary offering, a free will offering. And guess what? What we're doing here today is a voluntary offering. It is a free will offering. It's not commanded. It's an invitation for God to do more. And honestly, this lady didn't give because she was commanded to. I believe she gave because she believed that God could do more with what she had than she could do. So she surrendered it back up to him. There's another story in the Old Testament. Where a prophet came to a lady. And asked her to give him her last meal. And it all had to do with faith. And this story has to do with faith. Are you really trusting God? And I'm not here as the preacher holding the microphone and tell you if you come and put your coins in here today that you know what? God is going to turn around and give you twice as much, ten times as much as you drop in. Don't you hear that today? That's not what we're communicating at all. But what we are communicating is God wants to do more in every one of our lives. And I'm not just talking about financially. He wants to do things in our life because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So really what you're doing when you come to drop this offering in the bucket today is you're making a faith deposit. And you're saying, God, by faith, together, we as a community are believing you for more. Now, on the other side of this, you know, depending on how, how we respond by faith today depends on what, what we'll see God do. But my friends, it is in God's hands. And what God has communicated to my heart is you ask the people that I have, have called you to lead, whether you face resistance, whether you face conflict, You ask them to participate because I want to do more. Not just for you, not just for y'all. I want to do more in the community that I have placed you in. 
And I am inviting you to believe me by faith that I am going to do more. And you're going to sow some seeds by faith, some financial seeds. Because I'm going to take those seeds and I'm going to produce something great out of it. And my friend, I am sharing with you the heart of our Creator. The heart of our great God. The heart of our great church. Because we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I need to tell you today, He is ready to press these gifts together and do more than we can imagine, think of, or or begin to ever dream about. But my question is, Has God already done enough? Has God already done enough? Because the heart of complacency is the death of the church. Let let me say that again. The heart of you being satisfied and not continuing to stay hungry and thirsty for the things of God is the death of the church and the death of your spiritual journey. My friends, God calls us to continually hunger and thirst after the righteous things, great things, The things of God, not the things of this world. And and, and so I I need us to understand that there was a whole group of people that died in a desert. Because they didn't stay hungry. They didn't stay thirsty after what God had promised. And what God is trying to do in our culture, in our community, and in the church at large throughout the world, is He's trying to shake things up and saying, Don't you get complacent, my people. Live by faith. Trust me to do more. Sow back in so I can begin to reach out and do more. And so I want to close today with this proverb that King Solomon wrote. The wisest man that had ever lived. He wrote this in Proverbs 3 verses 9 and 10. He says, honor the Lord With your wealth. And with the best part of everything you produce. Everybody say, honor the Lord. Is that what you came for today? To honor God. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. My friends, our journey has been amazing thus far. And God has done the incredible. There has been some on our journey that have sowed in and they've checked out of this earth physically. But my friend, I need you to know that they continue to live on in eternal things and with an eternal God because they believe God for greatness. It's our time to believe God for greater things. 
And I need us to know today, I, I know that you voluntarily came and sit in that seat today. And you're going to voluntarily, many of you are going to voluntarily bring your faith offering today and, and put it up here. But I want to remind us today that somebody volunteered to make it possible for you to come into this place and worship this great God freely. Oh yeah. These people who have sacrificed much. Again, there's there's soldiers that have fought for our country's freedom and we honor those men and those women who have done that. But my friends, there's people that have made financial sacrifices to do incredible things and to put things in place for kids to discover who Jesus is. There's people who have made sacrificial investments for old people and retired people and people uh, to, to, to discover who Christ is in their latter years of life. There are people who have stepped up and done the simple, amazing things, given what they have had to offer in order for us to continue to move forward as a church. And I think about, about Jesus as he faced all that conflict on the last week of his life here on earth and, and the religious leaders were plotting to put him on the cross to, to kill him. Now think about the audacity he had in his heart and the offering he wanted to make for humanity. Bible says true friend lay down his life for others and that's exactly what Jesus did for me and you and again he did it so that we could worship our creator so we can know the love of our creator so we can know the love of our great God that he was willing to even stretch his hands out on the cross and die a cruel Roman death in order for you to live a life full of faith. And my friends, I don't know what inspires your faith. But what inspires my faith is the love of God found through Christ Jesus laying down his life for me as if I were the only person on this planet. My friend, that inspires my faith. Because I know if he loved a little country boy from South Georgia that much, surely he loves you too. And I just got the audacity to believe by faith that he's going to come into your life like he's come into my life and pierce your heart and change your destiny. Can you tell you why I continue to do this thing called a church? It's simply because I worship that great, great Jesus. Why do I continue to press through? I can do a lot of things with my life. But why do I continue to press through? Because I believe in the God who believes in you. And my friends, no matter how bad it's been or how difficult the pressing is, 
I need you to understand that he can change more in a moment than you can change in a lifetime. Will you surrender by faith to the Son of the living God? My friend, that's what a prayer of salvation is. It's surrender. Saying, God, not my will, but your will. God, I want your heart. I want the things that you offer up. God, I want to be a part of your family and your greatness. And my friend, I'd love to give you the opportunity to pray that prayer today in just a few minutes. But what we're going to do before we move into that particular time and we close today with our general offering, we're going to have a response moment here. And if you came today prepared, and again, if you didn't, that's perfectly fine. I don't need you getting out of your seat in a few moments and coming up here just to do it because you feel bad. That's not the purpose in this. But we're just going to gently begin to sing this song, New Wine. And again, I'm not asking you to come put what you normally give in the general offering in these buckets today. We're, We're coming together and we're making a faith offering in these envelopes right here today in the back of your seats. You need to do it by the kiosk after the service. That's fine too. It's out in the lobby for you to do that. But again, we're going to stand. I'm going to pray for this moment. And we're going to allow you to respond by faith today and bring that and put it in these two small pails and just simply make your way back to your seat. Then after that, we'll have a few closing comments and a few announcements and we'll uh, continue to worship our great God. So let's go ahead and stand to your feet. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads, please. God, this is your moment. And you're an amazing God. God, we pray for the pressing. God, we pray for the new wine to be birthed in people's heart today. And God, we're going to take these amounts that we have. And God, we are freely offering it up today. For the goodness of your kingdom for your blessings and honor of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.